that not only do we need to be praying for one another, but we need to be praying over the word that the Lord will have me preaching from or teaching from on any given Sunday or Wednesday night. And the three reasons I gave you, many reasons, but the three that I gave you to prepare my heart for the teaching of his word, to prepare our hearts to receive from his word, and to prepare unbelieving hearts to respond to his word in saving faith. That we can partake in ministry together through prayer. Paul, being a man of prayer, knew that this was so vital, so important. Welcome to the Cleansing Word. We invite you to stay with us as Pastor John Pinnell of Calvary Chapel Lake Villa takes us through a verse-by-verse study from God's Word. Each Monday through Friday, we'll be airing messages to encourage you in your faith that you might grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope that you enjoy this broadcast, and I'll return at the close of this teaching to give you more information about our church and how you can obtain a copy of this message. Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word. First Thessalonians chapter 3 and talking about standing firm or standing fast today. As Paul says to us in verse 8, For now we live if you stand fast in the Lord. But our labor is in danger of being in vain if the tempter can shake them to their core. Yesterday I was working on our house, putting brick on the front of the house and putting brick over the garage door. I had dimensions that I needed to be restricted in and also had something else going on and I found that I wasn't following the dimensions as closely as I needed to. Kevin and my grandkids showed up about the time that I was finishing up. It was getting dark, but I knew I didn't hold my dimensions. And so I tried to take the mortar and squish them back in the brick to kind of open it up a little bit. wasn't working. I did that twice, and then finally I tore down half the work that I'd spent doing. All that labor was just a waste of time, and I hate that. You even hate it when people show up when you're actually doing it. This is called tearing down your work. I was just wasting the last hour and a half of my day trying to get something accomplished. And you hate that, whether it's laying brick or you're a carpenter or in a construction field or even in any business. So often you can find yourself laboring in vain, a project you've been working on. You suddenly discover that Everything you've been working on is, is just its not going to work. It's not going to happen the way you thought it would. You're wasting your time. I hate to labor in vain. I hate that. But especially in regards to Christian faith. So often I'd seen people laboring in vain in this sense. Not, not that the labor is in vain. What Paul is saying is, as they, it was good for them to come there, their coming was not in vain. They preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. People got saved. 
but they didn't grow in their faith. It happens in so many crusades. Billy Graham, Greg Laurie, Raul Reese, all these guys who hold these big crusades. A lot of people respond to Christ, but if they don't walk with Christ, then the labor is in vain. The crusade in itself is not a bad thing. It's a great thing. But if there's not a continual growing relationship with that individual, with the Lord, then the labor is in vain. Back years ago when I was 22, 23 years old, my dad wanted me to be one of the deacons in his church. Apparently he had presented this to the other deacons and, and they said they nixed it and said, no, he's too young. Perhaps I was. So my dad got creative and said, okay, we'll, we'll create a, a thing called Junior Deacon. And we'll let John serve for a year to see if it'll work or not. And so they did. And I began to serve. And I was part of all the deacon meetings, but I had no voting privileges as a junior deacon. But there was another guy who was a few years older than me, probably in his mid to later 20s, that was also a junior deacon along with me. It was during that year that his father got cancer and died. And this guy's faith was shook to the core. A couple of years ago, his daughter was here in our fellowship for one Sunday. Happened to be just that Sunday was our vacation Bible school celebration. And so I think that year I was, I forget what character I was dressed up as, but it just happened to be that day. But I was able to speak with her later and share with her. And, and she said at one point, I remember our family when I was little, we used to always go to church and then suddenly it just stopped. And I never knew the reason why. And I said, I know exactly why. I said, you see, the year that your grandfather got cancer and died, your dad prayed a prayer to the Lord saying, if you'll heal my dad, I'll serve you the rest of my life. Now, God chose to take this man home. And when he took this man home, this guy's faith was shook to its core. To this date, he's not in any fellowship. He's not walking with the Lord. I think he still believes. But the labor that had been put into him, it's all in vain. As I look back on that, that's laboring in vain. This guy had so much potential. He was a musician. He was a songwriter. There was so much potential. And all that labor, now in vain. It's my prayer that one day he will realize this for himself and can return to the Lord. But you know, that's been 23 years, 24 years ago. And just think about all the years that have been wasted his time on this earth is, well, let's face it, he's got a lot more years behind him than he does before him. The danger of laboring in vain. In verse 6, he said, But now Timothy has come to us from you and has brought us good news of your faith and love, that you always have good remembrance of us, greatly desiring to see us as we also to see you. Therefore, brethren, verse 7, in all our affliction and distress, we are comforted concerning your faith. And now here in this letter, Timothy's back. And he said, great news. They're still standing strong in their faith and love. And Paul, they, they would love to see you come again. They're wanting to know, when can Paul come back? When can he come back? We want to see him again. And this just thrilled Paul and Silas to hear these words. And he said, you know what? This is worth it. Even in our afflictions. It's worth it to know that you are, verse 8, now we live if you stand fast in the Lord. Hey, their faith had borne the fruit of love. 
And Paul said, we live if you stand fast in the Lord. Years ago, when I was just simply the bass player here at the church and not the pastor, Lily and I had a ministry to the Navy base, and we would have to drive two vehicles sometimes just to go pick up Navy people who wanted to come to church here. We're the only, well, now there's two Calvary chapels in Lake County. At that time, Lake Villa was the only one. We were doing a Bible study over in Zion and fellowshipping here at Lake Villa. And I, as I said, was on the worship team as their bass player and, and vocalist. But we had a ministry of going to the Navy base and just picking up people. One of these ladies on the very last Sunday she was here accepted the Lord as her Savior. And you know, her salvation is put to our account. Although Mike was the pastor and he preached the words that convicted her heart that day and she surrendered her life to Christ, we brought her to church. And you know, in heaven, that reward goes to Lily and I also. We share in that reward. And we were just the bus drivers. We did more than that with them. We, on Easter, knowing that most of these kids were away from their family, we'd have them over for Easter dinner at Christmas. We'd invite them over. It was a wonderful ministry. The reason I'm telling you this is that she went on to get married, and the marriage was not good. The guy she married was not a believer. And the reason I know this, about two or three years later, she came back to church here, was at the Great Lakes for some reason for a short training period, and came back. She was still standing firm. And she was sitting right where Don is, and Lily and I happened to be on this side that morning. And she was looking around, and she caught her eyes and said, good, you're still here. And it was kind of going both ways. You know, we saw her and said, oh, you're standing fast in the Lord. And she sees us saying, good, you're still here. We're standing fast in the Lord. How important it is. Faith and love. Faith bearing the fruit of love in their lives. Paul says, we live if you stand fast in the Lord. And in verse 9, he says, for what thanks can we render to God for you? For all the joy which we rejoice for your sake before God, night and day praying exceedingly that we may see your face and perfect what is lacking in your faith. Now, he's talked about while he was there in chapter 1, verse 3, he referred to their work of faith, their labor of love. Their work of faith and their labor of love. And now Timothy has brought back a report saying that there is good news of your faith and love. Hey, they're still standing fast. Great. And now Paul is saying, man, we want to come back to you once again to perfect what is lacking in their faith. They haven't arrived yet. I believe one of the things that I've seen in, in this book of 1 Thessalonians that has never hit me as strongly as it has about Paul's life, but to see that Paul is a man of prayer. He was a man of great prayer. In every chapter, it refers to him praying in some way. We have here in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, pray without ceasing. And so we have that in our mind. We're to be praying without ceasing, ever praying before the Lord. But here he says in this chapter that day and night praying exceedingly that we may see your face to perfect what is lacking in your faith. Paul, a man of prayer and Chapter 1, verse 2, he says, We give thanks always for you, making mention of you in our prayers. In chapter 2, verse 13, For this reason we also thank God without ceasing. 
Because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it, not as the word of men, but as it is in the truth, the word of God. In chapter 3, verse 10, that referred to here, night and day praying exceedingly. Chapter 5, verse 16, it says, rejoice always. Verse 17, pray without ceasing. Verse 18, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Paul was a man of prayer, and I think we need to be people of prayer this day. It's the reason I wrote in our pastor's pen this morning something that the Lord, and I've been sharing this with you, but the Lord has just placed upon my heart that not only do we need to be praying for one another, but we need to be praying over the word that the Lord will have me preaching from or teaching from on any given Sunday or Wednesday night. And the three reasons I gave you, many reasons, but the three that I gave you to prepare my heart for the teaching of his word, to prepare our hearts to receive from his word, I can guarantee you God works in me every time I open the word. And to prepare unbelieving hearts to respond to his word and saving faith. That we can partake in ministry together through prayer. Paul, being a man of prayer, knew that this was so vital, so important to remember one another, our brothers and sisters, just to list out our brothers and sisters on a piece of paper as you meet people here and to begin to pray for them. So important. At the beginning of the Calvary Chapel movement, Pastor Chuck Smith asked his church to tag at the end of their prayers and God bless Calvary Chapel. It's an easy tag to do, isn't it? Just at the close of your prayer, just say, God bless Calvary Chapel. This same week as I was preparing for this, and during this week, I received a newsletter from another church in uh, Gray's Lake. And I thought, well, what am I getting your weekly newsletter for? It was my first thought. I didn't know this guy, but then as I opened it up, he had this portion highlighted and circled. Church Prayer Ministry, Calvary Chapel of Lake Villa is the focus of our church prayer ministry for the week of October 22nd. Please remember to pray for Calvary Chapel and their pastor, John Pinnell. And I thought, what a beautiful ministry that they just picked us out of the phone book. I don't know. But to know that the Lord's got other people praying for us as well. Paul was a man of prayer. We need to be a people of prayer also. But notice he also wanted to perfect what was lacking in their faith. They were growing in faith, but there was still some growth to take place. To perfect means to supply, to prepare, or to equip them for the work that's before them. Hey, there were babes in Christ. They were growing up. And he said, there's some things I need to perfect in you. There's still things you need to learn. We know truly our perfection is in Christ Jesus alone. Colossians 1.28, Paul wrote it this way, saying, Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Our perfection is found in Christ Jesus because he's the only perfect one who took our sins upon himself and sacrificed his life so that we could have life. In verse 11, he says, Now may the God and Father himself, our Lord Jesus Christ, direct our way to you. Now he's still praying that he can go back. But notice in this verse, there's something else that Paul did here as he addressed God the Father and Jesus as equal. In John 10, 30, the Lord said, I and my Father are one. And when Paul prayed, he prayed in this fashion. One of the things that I love to do in my prayer is to 
not neglect any person of the Trinity. And quite often when you hear me pray, you'll hear me pray to God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. I may not say it in that way, but if you listen, that's how I'm praying. He knew who to pray to. He's looking to go back. He's wanting to perfect them in their faith. But he also knew it was the Lord's work in their life. Verse 12, he said, May the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all, just as we do to you. That it's ultimately God's work in your life. I can come alongside you. Paul could come alongside the church in Thessalonica. He could write and send epistles to them, letters to them, and he did. But ultimately, it is your relationship with the Lord is between you and the Lord. All I can do is come alongside and help. I know it's so important to do that. Our style of ministry of the Word of God, the teaching forth of the Word of God. We know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And so going through the Word, we know that it grows our faith. It builds us up. It helps us to stand fast. But ultimately, we know it's the Lord's work. May the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all, just as we do to you. Verse 13, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. Our hearts are established blameless in holiness because of the work of Jesus Christ. Paul didn't say that he may establish your heart sinless. It's not going to happen while I'm in this flesh. I was listening to our radio broadcast 89.1 this week. And someone called in on the uh, To Every Man and Answer radio show and said there was a guy, it was actually a college student, and said there was a man who came to our campus who was saying that I have been without sin for the past 20 years. Well, Scripture tells us in 1 John, John wrote, if you say you're without sin, then you're a liar. So he's going against the very word of God saying that I've reached this state of sinless perfection. And what they responded back and said, well, this guy's got an issue of pride in his life to even say that. It's the Lord who establishes us blameless and in that place of holiness. It's his work and he's working in us. That day of perfection will come when we see him face to face. At this point in our life, we are in these mortal bodies and we find out that they are corrupt. And Satan is there, the adversary is there trying to shake us up, trying to get us to fall away, that the labor that has been put in us might be in vain. But if we build our lives upon that solid and firm foundation, if we stand fast, we will stand sure if we stand fast in the Lord Jesus Christ. And the storms will come and they'll hit us and they'll beat on us. And in a sense, you know, when it takes me down, it's usually when I'm falling to my knees asking the Lord to help me and strengthen me through the battle. A few years ago, the day after Christmas, Lily lost her memory for about, short-term memory for about six hours. Transient global amnesia is what it's called. She's actually had it happen twice in her life and don't know exactly why. The first time she was 23 years old and and was at a mall and was with the kids and had no clue of how she got there, what she was doing there. And it was just, you know, a daze. But the second time it happened, I happened to be with her and watch it happen to her. And my first thought was she's having some kind of heart attack, some stroke, her memory's being washed. 
And it was so quick, she answered the telephone, talked to our son-in-law, Kevin, and when I said who was on the phone, she couldn't remember who she was just talking to. It was just a memory wipe, just like that. And she still doesn't know Christmas of that year. It's gone. She has pictures of it, but it was gone. There was a moment as I began to quiz her. Who was it, Lily? I don't don't know. And I could tell she was confused. I could tell she was worried. And I said, it's all right. It'll come back to you. And I began to quiz her on things, simple things like, what did we have for breakfast this morning? And she couldn't remember. It was only an hour ago that we had breakfast. She knew she had grandchildren. She didn't know that they were little babies still. She didn't know if they were adults or not, if she missed her whole life or not. She was that confused. And I got so worried at one moment, I just bowed my head. And I said, Lord, I don't know what you're going to take us through at this point. But whatever it is, I know I can make it if you go with me. See, there was a storm, and it happened to be a very short one. Her memory came back. She was, after a couple of weeks and two months, actually, she was fine. It took a while. I mean, it's just a weird time in her life. The doctor said had 28 patients in his lifetime, and she was actually the 13th that he had physically sought taking place. I got her to the hospital so quick, and he happened to be in the emergency room. He said, it's only the 13th person that I've actually ever seen it take place in. But he said to her, You'll never get that memory back. It's gone. It's wiped. But it was in that moment, not knowing what was happening, that I cried out to the Lord. Now, it could have turned out a lot differently. Lily's fine today. It could have turned out a lot differently, but that prayer was still true for me that morning. Lord, I don't know what's going on here, but whatever it is, I can make it if you go with me. And that's what it means to stand firm. Just, it was a reflective prayer. It was a reflex. I got hit and I reflected back with a prayer to my father, saying, Lord, I need your help right now, right now. And so often we get hit and we don't turn to the Lord because we're not used to relying upon the Lord. We haven't been standing upon that firm foundation. And so we're more like Peter sometimes in that sifter of Satan being shook back and forth. And he shakes us so much so. Judas was tempted by Satan too. Peter repented and was restored back into ministry. Judas had remorse and killed himself. And because of that, Jesus said of Judas, it would have been better if you had never been born. Why? Because he never made it to eternal life. His foundation wasn't built upon that solid rock, Jesus Christ. I pray that your foundation is built there today. If not, we want to give you that opportunity just by the bowing of heads right now as we close out this teaching. I want to ask if you've never accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, and as every head is bowed and eyes are closed here, and as the Lord is looking at your hearts, the Lord knows, and as I am also looking, if you want to receive Christ as your Savior today, just go ahead and slip up your hand. Say, I need to build my life upon that solid, firm foundation. Acknowledge that to him today. But perhaps your life has been shook this year and you haven't felt like you've been standing firm. Perhaps you have felt like you've been in Satan's sifter and you just want to ask the Lord to help. Lord, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I know if you go with me, I'll make it through. Perhaps your prayer is just ask the Lord to go with you this morning. If that's your heart this morning, acknowledge it to him by the lifting of your hand for we can pray for you.
I see your hand. You can put it down. Father, you know our hearts. And as we are silent here before you this morning, Lord, it's my prayer that each person here, first and foremost, knows you, has put their faith in you, and they are now building their life upon that firm foundation. But we also know, Lord, that we have an adversary, Satan. And it could be, Lord, in the heavenlies, once we stand before you, we'll read in a book where Satan stood before you one day and asked about John and Lily, perhaps someone else here. And you had said to him, have you considered my servant John? Have you considered my servant Lily? And you allowed us to go through just as Satan asked for Peter. Lord, it's my prayer that we would be built so firmly upon your word, upon our salvation, upon that rock, Lord Jesus, which is you, that though the storms of life may come against us, we will not be shook to fall away, but be a people who stand fast in our faith. May we be a people who continue to grow in our faith always. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Pray that God would bless you and that would keep you. His face would always shine upon you and give you peace. God bless you guys. Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our greatest desire is to know Christ and to be conformed into His image by the power of His Holy Spirit. If you would like more information about Calvary Chapel, or if you would like a copy of today's message, please contact us at 847-265-0646. That's 847-265-0646. Thank you so much for joining us today. And may the Lord richly bless you as you worship him today.